Hey everybody at all of our live churches and network churches and our church online family today. Uh, we are starting a brand new series called Soul Detox. This is actually uh, based on my newest book, Soul Detox, that I'm very excited about. You may say, what in the world is a soul detox? Well, let's kind of build a foundational understanding today uh, for what we'll study in the next four weeks. What we are studying on the weekend is different uh, than what's in the book. This is all new content that I've prepared for us, so if you read the book, this will be uh, different. But let's build a foundation today as we talk about soul detox. Uh, if you're taking notes, write this down. We need to understand, and this is really important in how we do life, that we are not a body with a soul, but instead we are a soul with a body. Let's play that back and let that sink in. So many of us, we think we are our bodies, but we're not. We are not a body with a soul. Whenever you die, your body dies, but your soul lives somewhere forever. We are not a body with a soul, but we are a soul with a body. In fact, whenever God created Adam, uh, this is how it was described in Genesis 2, 7. Scripture says, and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. He took the dust and the clay and made that into his body. That was the outer covering for our soul. And God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And what did man become? All of our churches say it aloud. And man became a living soul. We are not a body with a soul. We are a soul with a body. Why does that matter? Let me kind of uh, explain it. When I was growing up, my mom and dad both smoked cigarettes. That's all they smoked as far as I knew, but I knew they did smoke cigarettes. It seemed like everybody back then smoked cigarettes, all, um, and thankfully they overcame that habit, um, which I was really proud of. And somebody said, will smoking send you to hell? And the answer is no, it won't. It'll just make, make you smell like you've already been there <laughs> and back. And so I, didn't, I never really realized that at the time, but... I smelled like smoke because I lived in a home where everybody was smoking. It dawned on me when I went away to college um, and then I came back home after my first uh, break. And when I came into the home, I was like, man, this place doesn't smell very good. And there's like this haze in the air and the walls are kind of yellow. Well, within a few minutes, I just kind of became accustomed to it and I forgot about the smell. Well, I came back to college and my roommate, his name was John, but I called him Spiff. Uh, Spiff looked at me and he said, get out of here, you're rank. You stink! Get your bag! And I, I smelled my clothes. I was like, that's nasty. <sighs> and my bag and everything, I mean, it was, smelled horribly. And it dawned on me, oh my goodness, for the last 18 years, I've lived in this smoke-filled environment, and everywhere I went, I smelled like smoke. And nobody ever told me. Then it kind of made sense why I couldn't get a date in high school. But in college, I was somewhat popular. <laughs> Not really, but you know, I, I tell myself that as the years go by, it makes me feel better. And, and, and I, I had no idea. I was breathing in uh, this secondhand smoke, this, this poison, 
and, and it was uh, affecting me, and I didn't even realize it. And I believe that many of us in our souls today, we are breathing in uh, the secondhand poisons of our culture, and they're literally impacting our souls. We talk a lot about detoxing our bodies and taking care of our bodies. What I want to do is I want to talk about detoxing our soul and caring for the essence of who we actually are. So in this series, uh, we're going to cover some different topics of the soul. Next week, we're going to talk about the heavy soul. So many of us on the outside, we're smiling, but inwardly, uh, we're very, very heavy. We're also going to talk about the tortured soul. We're going to look in the uh, third, the, the final week at the seduced soul. Today, though, I want to talk about what I call the curse of the restless soul. The curse of the restless soul. And I know that so many of you will um, see yourself in this subject. In fact, if you know the story in Genesis about Cain and Abel, Cain, they were brothers and um, Cain got jealous of um, Abel's sacrifice being accepted, and Cain killed his brother Abel, and God actually cursed him uh, in Genesis chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. Scripture says, um, God said to Cain, now you're under a curse, and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Okay, you killed your brother, here's the punishment. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crop for you, and what will you be? Everybody at all of our churches, let's say this phrase aloud. God said, you will be a restless wanderer on the earth. A restless wanderer. So many of us, we have a restless soul. We're always searching, but never finding. We're interested in everything, but satisfied by nothing. Inwardly, we're always spun up. Our RPMs keep going and we may try to find rest for our bodies, but we never really find rest for our souls. We're anxious, we're tense, we're, 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 we're worried, we're concerned, our, our minds just don't know how to shut down and even when we try to rest at night, internally, our soul does not rest. It's a restless soul. Um, I'll be real honest, in this, in this season of my life, it's not always this busy, but I added up just in a 30-day period this month, um, I'll do 20 different talks, okay? This, I'll do this one four times this weekend, that's not four, that counts as one. I'll do 20 different talks on top of all the leadership and, uh, of the church and family and, and such, which is quite a bit, and the travel is just insane. Uh, it seemed like all I did this week was sit in airports and hop from city to city um, here at Atlanta to Florida, spoke there, interviewed um, uh, the former Prime Minister Tony Blair, flew to Houston, then to Southern California, spoke there, leadership event, interview, San Francisco, um, home here, next week, Charlotte, Atlanta, all this kind of stuff. And, and inwardly, it would be so easy to be overwhelmed with all there is to do, and it's so much of my life that's where I've lived. It's, the, it's been the, the restlessness of the soul. And Solomon's words in Ecclesiastes um, ha really paint a good picture of where I've lived way too much of my life, and chances are where many of you have or are living as well. Solomon said this, I think it's interesting, Ecclesiastes 2, uh, 22 and 23. He asked the question, what does a man get for all the toil 
and anxious striving with which he labors under the sun. All his, his days, his work is, is pain and grief. Even at night, what happens? Everybody say it aloud. Even at night, his mind does not rest. I want to pause for a moment and just ask you to be really, really honest. How many of you, you're often wound up on the inside, you find it difficult to calm down in your soul, sometimes at night your mind keeps going, you may be even with the family and you can't shut it down, and your mind and your soul rarely, rarely finds deep rest. How many of you would say that's you? Be really, really honest. The restless soul. God doesn't want us to live this way. We're all going to acknowledge that our body needs rest, um, I submit to you that our soul needs to find rest as well. That raises the question, okay? Uh, where do we find rest for our souls? Where, where do we find it? And what I'm gonna tell you sounds like the preacher answer, but what I want you to know, this is true, through and through, true, beyond a shadow of a doubt, there is one place and one place only that we find rest for our souls, and that is in God, write that down. Our souls find rest in God alone. David said it this way, Psalm 62.1. Everybody, let's read this aloud. I want you to really focus on this. Uh, David said, my what? My soul finds rest. Now, where does my soul find rest? My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. My soul inwardly, internally, who I am in essence, only finds rest in God. In other words, there's no person, no thing, no experience, no vacation, no dream home, no amount of money. There is no thing outside of God that can bring rest in the essence of who I am. My soul finds rest in him alone. In fact, I love the way St. Augustine said it. He said to God, you have made us for yourself, O Lord and our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. God, you have made us for yourself, and our soul, who we are, is restless until we find rest in you. Our soul finds rest in God alone. In God alone does our soul find rest. In fact, Jesus said it this way uh, in, in Matthew 11, 28 and 29. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, okay? Think about it. This is some of you, not just in your body, but in your soul. You're, you're just stressed out. You, you find it difficult to show love to those you love most because you're short with those you love most because your soul is revved up. You're overwhelmed. You're, you're, you're tense, you're worried, you're, you're anxious, not only physically, but where it really, really matters in who you are, in your soul. Come to me, Jesus says. Come to me. Come to Jesus. Come to the Son of God, all who are weary and burdened. And he said, what will I give you, everybody? He said, I will give you rest. Come to him and he'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in heart. And what will you find? Now watch carefully what he says. What will you find? You will find rest for your what? Not for your bodies, but you'll find rest for your souls. For your souls. Come to me, Jesus says, all who are weary, burdened, heavy laden, and you will find rest, rest for your soul. 
Where do we find true rest for our souls? The answer is in God alone. The next question that I would be asking is, okay, so how do I find that? If, if true rest is in God, how, how do I rest in God? And here's what scripture teaches us. We'll look at uh, three different things that scripture says. And what I want you to do, I'm giving you a lot of scripture today because I, I'm praying that scripture will land in your soul and that you'll be convicted to live according to the rhythms of God's grace. Not according to the pressures and the secondhand toxic smoke of this world that says, go, 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 produce, 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 do more, 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 more. But when we find rest for our souls and seek him first, then he'll add everything that matters. If you're rested in your soul, I promise you, you'll be far more productive, yet we get it wrong with the toxic lies of this world. Three thoughts, how do we find rest uh, in God? The first thing scripture teaches us is to be still before God. Psalm 4610, the psalmist says, be still and what? Everybody, let's just say this part aloud. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Now, let me just go ahead and state the obvious, but I just want to say it. Um, notice the psalmist doesn't say, be busy and know that I am God. Okay? Be productive and know that I am God. Be worried and know that I am God. Be anxious and know that I am God. Be all revved up on the inside and know that I am God. But scripture says, be still, stop, pause, wait, and know, know. Not just you know, know in your, in your head, but know in your soul that God is on the throne. Be still and know that I am God. Now, I don't know about you, but how, how many of you have ever been around um, a kid that just won't sit still. How many of you have been around like, okay. Some of you are saying, I'm married to that kid. <laughs> he won't be still. Okay, for probably 18 years, I've been around multiple kids like that. And, I mean, they're everywhere at my house. And sometimes you want to just say, shut up and be still. Okay, Don't, am I going to have to count to three? Don't make me pull this car over. <laughs> be still. Well, sometimes you have to take control of your soul and just silence your soul. Say, soul, be still. Shut up. Quit running. Sit down, soul, and be still. Look at what Scripture says. David said this, Psalm 131, verse 2. David said, but I, not somebody else, not God, but I have done what? He said, but I have stilled and quieted my soul. I did it. I stilled. Soul, shut up and be still. I have stilled and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child my, is my soul within me. I have stilled and quieted my soul. I have done it. Um, I'm going to tell you something personal. I, I've talked about this before, and I'll probably talk about it again because it's really um, an important part of my personal journey. I've been to two different seasons of counseling for being a workaholic. The first time, um, it was mandatory. The denomination made me go, and I was young and rebellious and didn't listen and thought it was stupid. The second time, I willingly went because I realized I needed help. And um, the second time, the counselor uh, we met for quite a while, and he gave me these books to read and exercises and, and tried to figure out why I was um, trying to um, prove myself and, and such. Uh, and one of the things he said, here's what I want you to do. This sounds like a really simple 
exercise and almost offensively easy, but I promise you it's not, and I really want you to do this. He said, I want you to take five minutes a day and still yourself before God and focus on God and nothing else for just five minutes a day. I'm thinking, well, that's just like stupid. First of all, who has time for that? Second of all, that's like easy. Third, I'm paying 95 bucks for this. I'm getting more frustrated by the minute. You know, give me something good. And he said, you know, just you know, go and be still before God. And so he said, get out your little watch and make sure you don't think about anything productive. Just, just focus on being with God. And so I hit the stopwatch. I'm like going one second. Okay, God, hello, two, God. This is boring, God, God, God. Why do I have to do this? Oh, God, the yard needs mowing. And I got it. And, and, and it, the bottom line is I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it could not for five minutes stay still and focused on God. Now, if you are restless in your soul, one of the most important disciplines you can do is daily be still before God for the sole purposes of knowing him and nothing else. Be still and know that I am God. Now, do it. Okay, just do it. Five minutes, start there, okay? It'd be more difficult than you think. You're gonna start and you think, oh, baby's diaper needs changed and the laundry needs to be done and the car needs to be washed and there's so much gonna, I gotta, you gotta go grocery shopping and I got that project due at work and oh my gosh, somebody's probably posting something on Facebook right now that's really, really good. <laughs> Five minutes, be still and know that I am God. You may say, but I don't have time to be still before God. I would say to you, you don't have time not to be still before God. Let me just say that again because that was rather good preaching and I'm not sure that you're tuned in and knowing just how good that was. You, you say, I don't have time to spend that time with God. You don't have time not to. You must be at rest in your soul. Be still before God. The second thing that scripture teaches us to do when we're being still is then just to wait for him, to wait for the Lord God. Uh, scripture says in Psalm 37, verse 7, be still before the Lord and do what? Somebody help me. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. You don't even like waiting for me to say something, do you? You're like, that was taking so long. We're such an impatient society. I'm like, yeah, my prayer is, God, give me patience and give it to me now. How many of you are like that? You know, we, we, don't, we don't want to wait for anything. Be still, open up God's word, and wait for him. So people say all the time, how do I hear from God? I don't know what God's saying. Wait for him. Stop and Wait. My, my friend Andy Stanley, he's a pastor at North Point Church in, uh, based down of um, Atlanta. It, uh, we do one-day leadership events together in different cities for pastors, and I, I always interview him, and he interviews me, and I ask him one time, Andy, how do you stay really close to God? And I love what he said. He said, I wake up early every day um, so I don't have to worry about the time, and I just open up God's Word, and I start to read His Word, and I wait for something to speak to me. And then when it speaks to me, I just stop and I meditate on what 
God said. He said, sometimes it might be one verse. I just read one verse and then, you know, I'm done and that's it. Sometimes it's a chapter, sometimes it might be five chapters, but I just keep reading and I wait until God speaks to me and then I just let his word be planted deep within my soul. I love that. Wait on God, seek him, be still. Slow it down, be still. God will take care of the rest of the world while you take five minutes to seek him. Be still and wait on God. Scripture says this in uh, Psalm 130, verses five and six. The psalmist says, I wait for the Lord. And I love this. What is it that waits? Say it with me. He said, I wait for the Lord. My, My soul waits for the Lord. And in his word, in his living word, I put my hope. I put it there. My, say it again with me. My what? My My soul waits for the Lord. My soul waits for the Lord. More than watchmen wait for the morning. My soul waits for the Lord. More than watchmen wait for the morning. My soul waits for the Lord. My soul waits for the Lord. How does a watchman watch for the morning? Well, in the Old Testament, the watchman would stand on the wall and they would watch for approaching enemies and they would know when the morning comes, their shift is over and then they can see and they don't have to uh, watch anymore. And they know every day the sun's gonna come up because since the beginning of time, the sun comes up and we wait for the God with the same divine expectation that just as the sun is gonna come up, God is gonna show up. Just as the sun is gonna come up, God is gonna show up. We wait on God with that same kind of expectation. Just as the sun is going to come up, our God is going to show up, and we just wait for the Lord. As the watchman waits for the morning, side story, uh, when I was in seminary, I had a female uh, preaching professor who always said, Craig, don't leave out the women. You're like, if the Bible says brothers, you just say brothers and sisters, you know, and make sure you include the women. And she'd drill out, I'd always forget, I'd be preaching, and she'd like stop me, yeah! May don't forget the women. And so I was actually preaching on that text in front of her in seminary, and I, was, I got to watchmen, and I realized I was leaving out the women. And so I said, and the watchmen watch women. <laughs> and then I started laughing, because I thought that was really, really funny. And you know, I don't know if there's such thing as watch women or not, but I promise you, if there are watch women, the watch men will watch the women. And all the men said, Amen, and now you know why I got a bad grade in preaching from my female professor. So, like, like, the, like the watchmen wait for the morning, so my soul waits for God. Be still, O oh my soul, before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Our souls are all riled up. Be still before God. Be still before him. My soul waits patiently for him. Be still wait for the Lord. The third thing is I want to encourage you as you're waiting and being still, just take a moment and reflect on God's goodness. Reflect on his goodness. Here's the thing. So often if we're we're being still, if we're taking a moment, we're so tempted to think about all that has to be done. I want you to take a moment and think about all that God has already done. Don't just think about what has to be done. Think about what God has already done. Internalize his goodness. Scripture says in in Psalm 116, verse seven, eight, and nine, the psalmist says, be at rest once more, O my soul. Why? For the Lord has been good to you. Reflect on what he's done. Reflect on his goodness. Reflect on his grace. Reflect on his 
answered prayers. Reflect on how he's changed lives. Verse 8 says, for you, O Lord, have delivered my what? He says, you have delivered my soul from death. I love this. My eyes from tears and my feet from stumbling. What has the Lord God done? He has delivered my soul from death my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living, be at rest once my soul, all again, once my soul, remember what the Lord has done. In this season of busyness for me, I still my soul, I wait for the the Lord. I purposefully and intentionally stop and quiet my soul, sit down and be still. I wait for the Lord and I reflect on what he has done. I think about the names of God and and his provision and his goodness. I quote to myself scripture, whatever scripture you know, just quote it to yourself, let it it live within you. I I remember all the prayers that God has answered throughout life. I I think about his faithfulness. I, I remember that he has delivered my soul from death. If you are a follower of Jesus, you need to understand that he has forgiven you, that you are a new creation in Christ, that the old is gone and the new has come, and that should bring rest to your soul, that he will not hold your sins against you, but they forever are cast into the sea of forgetfulness. He will not hold your sins against you. That should calm your soul. You reflect on who he is, that our Lord God is the Alpha and the Omega, He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He is the one who was and is and is to come. We follow Jesus who is the Lamb of God and he is the Lion of Judah. He is the soon returning, conquering King of kings and Lord of lords. We serve a God who is so big that he's working in all things to bring about good for you, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He says that you will be blessed coming in and blessed going out. He is the one that declares, for I have plans for you, plans to prosper you and bless you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. And when you meditate on him and you're worried about tomorrow, suddenly you realize he's already in tomorrow. And because he was faithful yesterday, you know he will be faithful tomorrow and your soul can be at rest as you reflect on God. I want you to know God does not want us to live all riled up on the inside. And by the help and the power and the presence of God, I now know that you can live a productive and fruitful and yea, even busy life and yet be calm in your soul, healthy in your soul, healed in your soul, whole in your soul, living out of your soul the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, because we're not driven by the desires and needs and flesh of our body, but our soul is full of the goodness of God. You are not a body with a soul, you are a soul with a body. That's who you are. I believe our spiritual enemy, Satan, if he can't make us bad, he's gonna make us busy. Busy. Some of our some of our souls are just busy. Be at rest. Be at rest. 
be at rest, O my soul. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Reflect on his goodness. Be, be still, O my soul, and know that he is God. What I want to do in the next few moments is just give you a moment to be still. Because I know in this culture of second-hand toxic busyness, many of us don't even know how to do so. And what I want you to do is just calm your soul, talk to God, listen to God. The only, face, only place you'll find rest is in God alone. So take a moment and just be still and know that he is God. Our Father, I know that um, so many of us are, uh, are weary, overwhelmed, um, wound up in our souls. And God, we sit before you in a moment of humility, reminding ourselves that you are God and we are not. And we trust you. At all of our churches today, as you're praying, I, I want you to, without looking around, I want you just to be real honest and, and, and if you would realize that your soul is restless, you're ever searching but never finding. It's, there, there's, there's a rare supernatural and lasting peace. You find it difficult to shut down. It's always revved up. 
And you, you want to make a commitment to really seek God, to know him. You want, to, you want to live with the rest in your soul. It is possible. It is what God wants. He wants to give you rest. You'll only find it in him alone. At all of our churches, you say, I am. I'm restless. I'm often overwhelmed. I'm, I'm wound up, and I want to find rest. I want to find true rest in God. Would you lift up your hands right now? Just all of our different churches. I'm so thankful for so, so many. God, I, I do. I pray that we would enter into a, a spiritual rest on this earth that is beyond what we've ever known before, God, that there is a peace that goes beyond our human ability to understand that guards our hearts and our minds and our souls in Christ Jesus. And God, I, I pray that as a church, we would be people who would seek you first, that we would have the discipline to still ourselves before you, to reflect on your goodness, to open up your words and to wait, to know, God, that just like the, the sun comes up, that you will show up, God, to, to seek you and to wait for you. And God, I pray that as we wait for you, that our souls would find rest in you, and when our souls are rested in you, then we could serve you and do what you call us to do. God, I, I speak rest today. I ask for healing today. God, I ask for rest in our souls because of your goodness. Help us to find rest, oh God. As you keep praying today at all of our different churches, I want you to listen really carefully because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt there are so many of you that you're like on this eternal quest for that something, that, that, that thing that's gonna make your life feel more full and not so empty. And you've tried so much, you tried this person or that person, this job or that job, buying this thing or that thing, going to this place or, or that place, changing where you live, and you've tried and you've tried and you're still empty, and you wonder, why am I so empty? And the reason is because you're trying to fill your life with something that will never satisfy. The only one who will satisfy is God alone through Jesus Christ. Why are we empty? We are empty because we are sinners and our sin has separated us from a holy God. And God in his goodness sent his son Jesus who was without sin to die in our place so that we could be forgiven of our sins. Jesus said, come to me and you will find rest for your souls. Call on me and you will find salvation. We can never be full with anything in this world. We're only filled by the goodness of God. How do we, how do we find that? Well, we don't find it, we actually lose our lives. If you wanna lose your life, that's the only way scripture says you can find it. What does that mean? Today, I wanna to encourage you to lose your life in God, to give it to him, so you can find his life in you, to call on Jesus. He will hear your prayer, he will forgive your sins, and he will make you new, and that's why you're here. You don't have rest in your souls, find rest in God alone through his son Jesus. All of our churches, those of you who would say, that's me, I wanna know him. I want to lose my life in him so I can find his life in me. Jesus, I turn from my sins and I turn to you. Take my life, all of it. I give it to you. That's your prayer today at all of our churches. Would you lift your hands high right now? Just lift them up all over the place and say, yes, that's my prayer right back here, right up here close here in this middle section. God bless you guys. Way back over here as well. But I just want to look at you and acknowledge you right up here, both of you right here. Bless you. Yes, right here, sweetheart. God bless you. And way back over here as well. Man, praise God for what he's doing. Others of you today, way back over here in this section, church online, you all click right below me. Others of you today, I want to, find, I want to lose my life in him. I want to know him. I need salvation through Christ. Would you all just pray aloud together? Pray, Heavenly Father.
Save me from my sins. Make me new. I believe Jesus died for me so I could live for you. Today I lose my life in you so I can find your life in me. Help me to find your rest, to live for your purposes, to love with your goodness. Thank you for new life. I give you mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Life Church, with somebody cheer, with somebody worship God, with somebody thank God for his goodness and new life in Christ.